We're in a series called You Asked For It, where we've been, ask, we've been asking some questions, some questions that actually some of you have submitted. And these questions could have been about absolutely anything in the world, about anything about the Bible, life, relationships, church, end times. I know some of you love end times, right, or whatever. It could have been about anything, honestly. Uh, but out of the questions that were submitted, I chose four. I think we can spend a little bit more time opening up the Bible, opening up God's Word, to try to answer some of these questions, try to find some answers to these questions in God's words. Now, maybe some of the questions that we answer have been questions that you've asked, you know, over the time. Maybe they're questions that you have, or maybe maybe it's not questions that you have per se, but people that you know, friends, family, co-workers, whatever, neighbors that have these questions. Maybe you don't really know how to answer them. You don't really know how to answer these questions. And hopefully the time that we spend in God's word and answering the questions here will give you guys you know, some uh, ability, a little bit of resources uh, to be able to answer the questions to those friends and family that ask you these questions. Now, next week, we're going to be wrapping up our series, and we're going to be answering one more question. And the question is this, how do I find the one? Fellas, if you're out there and you're looking for your Jasmine to your Aladdin, all right, this is the one for you. Uh, ladies, if you're looking for your Shrek to your Fiona, <laughs> this is the one for you, okay? You guys want to come out, you don't want to miss it. Next week, we're going to be answering this question, how do I find the one. Now, this week alone, I received two separate phone calls, two different completely days, completely unrelated. I got two phone calls this week that reminded me why today's question is so important. Why is such an important question to discuss? The honest truth is that there are very many people, there are very many that are experiencing the very real hurt and very real pain due to some sort of mental or emotional pain or hurt. Today, we're going to be looking at the question, how do I overcome depression? Now, let me preface our time together by saying that this is a very serious topic. This is a very, very serious topic. <clears throat> and there are many people, not just random people, okay, friends, family, neighbors, that struggle with this very issue, that struggle with depression. And honestly, for far too long, this has been somewhat of a taboo topic within the global church at large. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't been to very many churches where the discussion or the topic of, of the sermon for the day is depression. It's a taboo topic, but I think that it's an important, it's important that as a church we begin the discussion so that we can really become a place of healing, so that we can better serve one another. If this is a very relevant topic, if this is something that so many people are struggling with and are, are talking about or struggling with, then we need to be a church that can have an open discussion about it and have an open dialogue, and that we can be a safe place where people can come with their hurts and they can begin to experience some healing, and we can serve one another better. So can God's Word be of any source of help and hope for us, particularly when it comes to this topic, and when it comes to answering this question, honestly, I think it has. I think it can be. And so for the rest of our time, we're going to look at four things from God's Word that I pray will help those of us that are struggling with depression or anxiety. And of course, at the end of this series, at the end of this message, by the time you hear these four points, every question will be answered and all the problems will be solved, right? Absolutely not. Actually, this is such a, a huge topic, guys. This is such a difficult topic that, listen, we cannot condense absolutely everything about this into a 20-minute message, okay? It's impossible to do so. And also, guys, let me preface this in case you didn't know. I'm not a doctor, psychologist, a therapist, and I'm not pretending to be one, okay? And I'm not. But I really do believe that we can receive some helpful insights and really helpful, godly, good advice from the Bible to help us wrestle with this question and hopefully position us in a good place to experience 
some healing, okay? So if you have your message notes, go ahead and take those out. By the way, you can also find them online on the Bible app or on Facebook. We put the message notes up there. You can follow along. But when you came in, you should have received a bulletin. And in there's some message notes. There's a pen. So if you want to follow along and take notes, there's a couple of fill-in-the-blanks. And all the Bible verses that we're going to be reading are there as well. Here's number one in your notes to help us out with this topic is this, that number one, we need to admit that it's okay to not be okay. This is where we begin. That it's okay to not be okay. We need to begin here and we need to realize that this side of heaven, no one is perfect. If you you came to church today thinking that you were perfect, let me pop that little perfect bubble and tell you you're not. We all are imperfect. We all face struggle. We all have trials and tribulations and hardships. This includes battling through seasons of mental and emotional strife. You know, Jesus was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton, right? Because he was always hanging out with uh, sinful people. The religious people would label him that way. They would say, man, Jesus, you're a drunkard and a glutton. You're always hanging out with the wrong type of people. You see, the religious people thought that they had it all together, and they would stay away from the same people that Jesus loved, and he would hang out with all the time. And he loved to serve these people. And so when asked of Jesus why he would eat and spend so much time with these type of people, this is what Jesus answered. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Would you guys read this verse out loud with me? You should have it there in your notes, and it's also on the screen. Luke 5, 31. Ready, go. He said this. It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. You see, the irreligious, the sinners, as labeled by the religious folk, were willing to admit that they were in need of help, and they welcomed Jesus. They welcomed the help. And Jesus, in turn, he spent time with them. The people who admitted they needed help received it. And I think that it's the same when it comes to our mental and emotional help. It's difficult to receive any help for something that we're not admitting to help, to to need help for, right? You know, so often we hide our true selves. It's such a huge temptation to put on a big old mask and come to church and pretend like everything is okay. And maybe it's for the fear of what others might think about you. Well, Danny, I can't really show my true self. I can't really express what I'm actually going through because what would so-and-so believe about me? What would they think about me? Maybe it's for fear of what others would think about you. Maybe it's for fear of ruining your reputation because you don't want to be labeled as any specific type of person. But it's impossible to receive help for something that you're unwilling to admit to. You know, for people who struggle with addiction to substances, right? If you're addicted addicted to drugs and alcohol, I have a really good friend of mine who is, he's told me this is what they help practice as a way of introduction. When they come together to the meeting, they, they start off by saying their name and admitting that they have an addiction to whatever substance. You see, admitting the problem is the first step towards recovery. And I think the application question that we need to ask ourselves is, are you honest about where you may be? Take a long look in the mirror and truly self-reflect. How are you? Like truly, how are you emotionally? How are you physically? How are you spiritually? Take a self-assessment and ask yourself, how are you? Because it's okay to not be okay. And Swerve Church, as a church, we need to understand this as well. That the church is, not a, is, the church is a hospital for the sick and the broken. It's not a museum of saints. By the way, I'm not a doctor either. Jesus is, and we're all patients. We're all patients in the waiting room. 
right? And Jesus is the great physician. He's the one that we look to. He's the one that we depend on to bring healing and hope and, and to heal us from the inside out. And it's okay to not be okay. And, and Swerve Church, we need to play, be a place where people can feel safe to apply this truth, that it's okay to not be okay. The second thing we're going to look at this, number two in your notes, is that we need to maintain a heaven-focused perspective. But how do we deal with depression? Well, we maintain a heaven-focused perspective. You know, it's so easy to be solely focused on what we see on the here and now because, well, this is what we see here and now, right? This is what we experience. We can get tunnel vision, and we lose sight of the fact that what we see in the here and now isn't all there is. And it's so easy to forget that as followers of Jesus serving the Most High God, that we have the hope and we have the promise of a future eternity away from a world of pain and a world of hurt and tragedy. You know, we have the hope and the promise of being in the presence of our Creator, in the presence of God, healed from all sickness, from all ailments, from all stress. And that includes even our mental and our emotional strife. Yes, that includes anxiety and, and depression as well. And guys, there will be no depression in heaven. In heaven, there will be no anxiety. There will be no mental or emotional strife. There will be no hurt or pain. We will be completely whole in the presence of our Creator, fully healed. And look at what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Read the last part of this verse with me out loud. Ready, go. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. You know, a pastor once did an illustration uh, in a big auditorium, big, big audience. He had a long rope, and he was like in a stadium, huge, like a huge auditorium. And he had the rope, this big rope, wrapped all the way around the auditorium. It was, it was, it was long. You can imagine thousands of people were listening to this guy speak, and the rope wrapped all the way across the room, all the way around him, and came up the stage, and he held one end of the rope in his hands. The rope went all around the room, and on the on the edge of the rope, the, the edge, the end that he was holding, he put a piece of like red tape on it. And he looked at the audience, and he said, "This rope here, it represents all our eternity. The length of the rope wrapping all the way around the room, up into the balcony, and all the way to his hands. This represents all of eternity. And the red tape on the end of this rope represents our current reality. It represents our time here on earth." It's a tiny blip compared to the rest of eternity. Yet so often we focus so much on the red tape on the end of the rope and we lose sight of the eternity that lies before us. So often we, fo we lose focus on the tiny red tape instead of the eternity that we're going to be away from this world of pain. We're going to be away from this world of tragedy and we're going to be fully redeemed and whole in the presence of God. And Jesus said in that verse that we just read, he says that in this side of heaven, we are going to face struggle. We are going to face hardship. That means you may battle with depression. It means you may battle with anxiety. You will face struggle. There will be strife. There will be turmoil. And you know this. You came to church knowing it, feeling it. You heard the news. You scroll through your Facebook feed. You read the paper. You realize that in this world, there is struggle. We're surrounded by it all the time. But you know what? As followers of Jesus, we have hope. We have this promise. We know that this pain, this heartache, this very real emotional pain that we're experiencing, guys, it's only temporary. And while that may not magically take away your depression or pain, but it does give us hope. And it gives us confidence that this isn't all there is. So the question to ask yourself 
is where is your perspective? Are you earthly minded or are you heavenly focused? Or are you only living for the here and now? Or are you holding on to a peace of hope knowing that yes, we will face struggle, we will face hardship for a moment, but Jesus has conquered this world. This isn't all that we have. Here's number three in your notes, and this is super important, and one I really want to point that I want to nail home. Number three is this, to be a part of a supportive community. Be a part of a supportive community. Look at, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read a portion of verse 25 and then jump into 26. He says this, so that there will be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I was doing some research this week. Did you guys know, uh, those of you that want to lose weight, did you know that you are more likely to lose weight with friends and family than you would be able to do alone? A study found that people that were surrounded with a support system of friends and family lost more weight over a 10-month period than those who went solo. I think that the reason for those results is because with the support of a community of people, you can receive encouragement to keep going. Beyond that, you get accountability to make sure that you don't skip a workout or you don't have one too many cheat meals, right? Or maybe you even have a couple workout partners to go with you to the gym to help you stay on track. You know, guys, I think that when it comes to our mental and emotional health, it's also important that we're surrounded by a supportive community to help encourage, to help pray, to help strengthen, to help provide the emotional support that you need. Now, by the way, this is what we pray by God's grace, that the church, the local church, would be for every single one of you. At least it should be. That's what we want it to be. It should be like a family full of supportive relationships to help you, especially during those times of emotional strife. And this is what Paul is communicating in Corinthians when he says that the church is like one body made up of many different parts working together. And he says that we should share a concern for one another. And he even goes so far to say that if one member suffers, guess what? We all suffer. And so the application question is simple. Are you a part of a supportive community that can come around you? Yes, celebrate those amazing times. Celebrate the raise, the new job, the new apartment or whatever. But also to come around you during those difficult times. The church should be that place for you. And by God's grace, we want Swerve Church to be that place for you. Now, I'd also like to add to that question this, right? Because it's so easy to listen to that and say, well, Danny, obviously I want to come and I want to consume that support. I want to receive that support. But here's the question I want to give you. How are you contributing to be a part of that supportive community? Because you too have something to offer. And guys, if we come to this church community and we only come to consume and to receive support, eventually that support is going to run out. Well, you have something to offer, too. How can you offer support? You have a shoulder to cry on. You have a listening ear. You have encouraging words. And you have prayers to share. So how are you contributing to making the church that supportive community? Here's the last thing. We're going to close out with this. Number four in your notes is this, that people are not projects to fix, but family to be cared for. People are not projects to fix, but family to be cared for. And it's so easy when we tackle a question like this, talking about depression, right, Danny? Well, give me the solution. Make it go away. 
the truth of the matter is, is that if this is something you struggle with, you're not a project for us to work on. You are family to be cared for. Look at what Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says. Let's read this verse out loud together. You have it there in your notes. Uh, it says this. Ready, go. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. Let me ask you this question. What do you think of when you hear a brother or a sister? Now, depending whether you have siblings or not, you might be thinking different things. Everyone that I know that is a single child, they wish they had siblings. And everyone that I know that has siblings wishes they were a single child. But you know, there's something special about the relationship between siblings, right? You might fight, you might yell, you might cuss each other out, punch, scream at each other. But when it gets to the nitty-gritty, guess what? You best believe that you'll be there to help them out. Why? Because they're family at the end of the day, right? And that's what the proverb is saying here. He's saying that a brother is born for a difficult time, a time of need. And that means that if someone is struggling with depression, there's a brother or sister. They're, they are a brother or sister. They're family. And for us, Swerve Church, they're not a project to fix. They're family to be cared for. And if you're here today, you're, if you're struggling with depression or you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with fear or fear or feelings of inadequacy, you're not a project for us to work on. You're not a car. Right? We're not going to diagnose your problem and try to work on you. Right? You are family to care for. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. Guys, let me ask you a question. What if we looked at each other like brothers and sisters? What if we provided that level of care to one another? What that would, what that would mean is that when it came to dealing with these very real struggles, then we'd be committed to loving and serving one another through the long haul. Relationships take time. And what we, and that includes everyone here, what we want to be committed to do life, we want to be committed to doing life with each other for the long haul. Why? Because people aren't projects to fix, but family to be careful. And the Bible says that we're made in the image and likeness of God. And that means that everyone here, regardless of your skin color, regardless of background or economic status, and yes, even your emotional well-being, we all have intrinsic value and self-worth because we're made in the image and likeness of God. You are valuable. So how do you overcome depression? How do you overcome this very big issue? Listen to me one second. Real talk. I don't know that this out of heaven we could ever completely rid of something as serious as this. No more than we can get rid of cancer or AIDS or any other serious issue. But what can we do? We can admit that it's okay to not be okay, that no one's perfect, and that no one needs to fake it or hide it or put on a mask or put on a front. You can be the real you. You can be the honest and genuine you. We can maintain a heavenly perspective and realize that this side of heaven, we may never be fully cured. But knowing that if we're followers of Jesus, then there's a promise and there's a hope that one day we'll be in, the we'll be in eternity with Jesus, completely whole and made new, rid of all strife and, and ailments and hurt and pain and, and hardship and sickness. One day we'll be with Jesus where he'll wipe away every tear. We can be a part of a supportive community. And with this work comes a very real challenge to become this supportive community for those that are going through hardships. And not only that, to realize what do we have to contribute to it as well. We can realize that people are in projects to fix, but family to be cared for. And we're committed to the long haul, and to doing life with one another through it all. Guys, this is a serious issue. Like, this is a very serious problem. I told you guys in the beginning, 
This week alone, I received two phone calls that reminded me why this is such a prevalent issue. Because there's so many that are struggling with this. And maybe you're here today, and that's you. And just realize, just know that you have a family here. That we want, we're trying to become, we're not a perfect family. We don't got it all figured out all together. But collectively, we can come around together. We can be dedicated to being a family, to being that brother or sister that you need to help encourage you during those difficult times. And we're committed to doing this for the long haul. We're committed to doing life as family. But this time, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here, and they're going to lead us in one more song. And I'm going to ask you guys to just join me in prayer. Now, listen, maybe you're here today, and you're struggling with depression, and I want to pray with you and for you. But maybe you're like, Danny, that's not my issue. I got other issues. That's not it. You know what, though? I guarantee you, you know somebody who may be struggling with that. And so at this moment, as they lead us in this last worship song, as I pray, I want to encourage you to think about that person's name and pray for them by name right now. Join me in this prayer. God, this is, uh, this is such a huge topic, and it's a, a very real struggle for so many. And I've seen it even this week, Lord, in the phone conversations that I've had with dear friends that are struggling with this very thing. Lord, I pray that you would help us maintain a heavenly focus. It's so easy to get caught up in the world and, and everything that we see before us and to just think that this is all we have. Lord, but as followers of Jesus, we have the hope and a promise that one day you will wipe away every tear. There will be no more pain and no more hurt, no more anxiety and no more fear. God, we'll be in the presence of God made whole and healed. And so I pray, Lord, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be a supportive community to one another. God, if there's any of my dear brothers or sisters this morning that is struggling with this very thing, this morning, God, I pray that we would be that supportive community, Lord, and that we'd see our need and our role to be able to help and support others around us as well. For those struggling through a season of depression and anxiety, Lord, I pray that you would bring about hope and comfort and healing, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.